Good morning. My name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here. And as always, I'm thrilled to be with you this morning to have a chance to share with you a little bit about what the Word says to us. And enough about me because you don't care. This is Maddox. (laughs) This is Maddox Sprouse. He's my friend, aren't you, buddy? Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about Maddox. Maddox, like most babies, was greatly anticipated by his family and the friends around him. He didn't exactly come the way they expected. There was some uncertainty about his arrival, and he spent several weeks in the hospital. And after a few procedures, he's finally home with his family, and we're thankful. Here's what I know about Maddox. I know that he might not have come the way we expected. He might have challenges in his life, but I know this because I know his parents and I know their friends around them that gather around this family. And I know that Maddox is going to be a man who chases after God. He's going to be a man who serves God. He's going to be a man who loves well. And I can't wait to watch that happen. I'm excited about it. Today we're reading a passage in Luke chapter 2 about an old man and a baby. I figured we had the old man, we might as well have the baby. (laughs) This baby in Luke chapter 2, he was greatly anticipated. For over 4,000 years, from the time of his, the first proclamation of his coming in Genesis chapter 3, his, and the people anticipated his coming. And generation after generation after generation prayed for his coming. It was a baby who didn't come as most expected, but in fact a baby that completely and literally embodied God's faithfulness and love and all that we could ever imagine or need. A baby that would live and grow and die and live again for us. My friend Maddox is going to make a great impact on the world. But this baby we see in Luke chapter 2 changed everything. Changed everything. And I don't want us to miss that today. I want us to know and hear about this baby, and I want us to come face to face with him. As close as I am here with little Maddox, I want us to see this baby today. So Maddox and I are going to read from Luke chapter 2, and you can join us there, verses 22 through 35. There are Bibles in your pews there in front of you if you don't have one of your own. And we always say this, if you came without one and you need one, would you please take that one there? It's yours. All we ask is that you would spend some time in it, reading, and maybe here Luke chapter 2 is a great place to start because we hear about this baby. Maddox, you going to read? Okay, I got it. 
It says this, join me in 22. It says, and when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what, they, what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed to the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Let's pray and ask the Lord to speak through, through his word to us today. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for Maddox Sprouse, and I'm thankful for the way you brought him into this world, anticipated, prayed for, unexpected, and yet perfect, a true testimony of your faithfulness and your love to him and to his family and to us who prayed for him. But God, I pray today that our focus would be on your son, a baby even more impactful, one that has changed everything. And so as we study Luke 2 today, speak to us, be clear Help us to see and move according to your spirit, to hear from you in this place. God, we love you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I didn't drop Maddox. I had to let him go. I knew, I knew nobody would listen if he stayed up here the whole time. Thanks, Kami and Jordan, for letting me borrow him for a minute. Um, I'm always willing to hold babies, by the way, if anybody else in the room has one. I'm willing. I know there's a lot of you, so listen, over the last few weeks, we have considered the songs of Christmas from Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. We first heard uh, from, from Justin as he, uh, actually we heard from Dr. Branson as he talked about Mary's song, and then we heard from Justin as he talked about Zachariah, and last week we heard uh, from Ryan as he spoke of the angel's song, and today we find a man named Simeon. Let me give you a little bit of background for Luke chapter two here, just so you know where we're coming from. Joseph and Mary in, this, uh, in these verses show themselves to be law-abiding Jews. According to Leviticus chapter 12, God had commanded each Israelite family to dedicate their firstborn to God by making an offering. 
And this was a result of the Exodus. Because in the Exodus, God had spared the lives of Israel's firstborn sons. If they put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost, then the death angel passed by their homes and spared their sons. So now, as they gave birth to their firstborn, they were required to offer sacrifice of thanks. And so they traveled to the temple and they offer a lamb to commemorate this saving in the Exodus. This is a great picture. Look at this. Jesus, the true lamb of God, was actually dedicated by his parents according to the law as part of a ceremony that was actually a foreshadowing of what he would do for us. He would shed his blood. He would cover us in protection. He would save us by his dying on the cross. And so we see Mary and Joseph being good Jews and going to the temple to make these sacrifices. Now we see something interesting here that I think speaks a lot about them and about Jesus. We see that Mary and Joseph sacrificed birds. It says here, turtle doves or pigeons. Now according to Leviticus, the sacrifice should have been a lamb. But there was an exception made for the poor. And if a family couldn't afford a lamb, then they could offer up turtle doves or pigeons. And this is just a reminder here for us in Luke chapter 2 that the king of the world wasn't born into wealth or privilege or position. But instead, he came as a humble baby to a humble family. Not at all what those looking for him expected. What we see next in these verses, is, I believe, is just so, so amazing. And we see in verses 25 through 32, let me read that again real quickly for us. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem, his name was Simeon, and he was a righteous and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and when it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child, child Jesus to do to him according to the custom of law, he took him in his arms and he blessed God. And he said, Lord, now let your servant depart. Mary and Joseph must have been in this place surrounded by hundreds of other worshipers, maybe even other moms and dads who had brought their babies to present offerings here in this place. And we see this old man come running up to them and he grabs the baby out of their arms and he just starts singing out loud. Maddox is thankful I didn't sing this morning, I promise you. He just grabs the baby and he starts to sing out loud and they must have been taken aback and they must have thought this man is crazy. I promise to never snatch your baby from you. But Simeon wasn't a crazy old guy. The scripture here says that the spirit of God was guiding him and giving him insight to help him recognize Jesus. I don't want us to miss this. Listen, folks, the only way that we will ever fully recognize Jesus is by a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's the only way. And Simeon was listening and he was waiting and he was watching and all these people around them in this temple, 
They were there making sacrifices and they were performing rituals and they were supposed to be preparing for the coming of the Messiah and he was in their midst and they missed him. But not Simeon. Not Simeon because he was waiting and listening and watching. And my hope for you and for your family this season, in this day and tomorrow, in the days ahead, that you would ask the Holy Spirit to show you Jesus. Would you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and to your family all that Jesus is and all that he wants to do? Here's the great part of it. It's the Spirit's mission. It's why we have the Spirit. The Spirit is here to help us as we seek and as we ask and as we listen and as we wait, he will reveal himself to us. I want us to take just a moment and I want us to look briefly at Simeon. I don't want us to spend the whole time there because this passage is not about this old man. This passage is about the baby. But I want us to see Simeon. I want us to see what we know about him. There's not a whole lot that we know because this is the only passage where he's ever mentioned. We don't know his background. We don't know his hometown. We don't know his education. We don't know what he does. He may have been a a priest. He simply appears in this place and he points toward Jesus and then he fades away. And that's all we know. Verse 25 tells us these things. It says that he's righteous, that he's devout, that he's waiting, and that he's spirit-led. The spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Christ. What a promise. All these people, all these Israelites, all these worshipers were waiting for the Christ, and yet he had received a promise that he would see the Savior before he died. What an amazing, amazing thing it must have been for him. It seems like he was probably an old man by now. According to verse 29, it looks like he was ready to go. As soon as he sees Jesus, he says, release me now, dismiss me from service in this place. I'm done. I've received what you have promised me. And the anticipation must have grown more and more every day for him. At this point, he might have been 80 or 90 or 100 years old. We don't know for sure. But maybe his body was given out on him. Maybe he wasn't all the man that he used to be. And so he knew it couldn't be long. The Messiah must be coming soon. And can you imagine this? Every morning, Simeon goes to the temple and he's watching and he's waiting for the Messiah and he's not even sure what he's looking for. Is he looking for a baby? Is he looking for a teenager? Is he looking for a strong young man? He doesn't even know. And yet daily he goes to the temple and he asks the Spirit, show me the Christ. Show me the one. And every time a young family walks in with a baby or a young man comes in or or a strong young man walks through the door, he asks the spirit, is this him? Is this him? And over and over and over again, the answer is no, no, no. Until this day. And this day, the most common family, a poor carpenter and a peasant girl walk in with this little baby And from across the temple, Simeon sees them and he asks the Spirit for the 10,000th time, is this him? 
Is this the one I'm waiting for? And the Spirit says this, Simeon, it's him. It's him, this baby. This baby is what you've waited for. This baby is what Israel has waited for. This baby is the one who will change everything. I can only imagine that Simeon ran across the temple. He may have been old, but he could still move, right? And he took this baby in his arms and he praised the Lord for all that he had done. His days of waiting were over. Jesus was right in front of him, the one the entire nation had waited on. And as I said, his first words were, God, let me depart in peace. Simeon would likely never see the Lord grow up. Simeon would likely never witness miracles that Jesus would perform. He wouldn't see Jesus walk on water. He wouldn't see him feed the 5,000. He might not ever know anything about the crucifixion or the resurrection. But for Simeon, the promises of God had been answered. What he had been waiting for was here in this place. And even though he may never see the end of this, he was a part of the beginning and that was enough for him. The promise fulfilled. Many of us today may feel like Simeon. We feel like we're just waiting. It's the entire picture of the Advent, guys. This is what we've been talking about for the last month. We're in this period of waiting on God's return to this place. And we've met Jesus, but things still don't feel like they're right. Times still feel dark. We're still confused. Maybe we feel abandoned at times. It looks like injustice and corruption reign all around us. I don't know what you feel like you're waiting on today, but I know it could be a lot of things. Maybe you're waiting on your family to be restored or your marriage to be made right. Maybe you're waiting on a prodigal son or daughter to return. Maybe you're grieving the loss of a loved one this year. Maybe you're waiting on healing for your body or for someone close to you. Maybe you're waiting for this world to be healed and for things to be made right. And we wait and we wait and we wait. Simeon's story here in Luke chapter 2 shows us this. God sees us. He knows right where you are. He knows right what you're waiting for. And he hasn't forgotten us. Guys, the scripture tells us that waiting is a part of the Christian life. In Lamentations 3.25, it says that the Lord is good to those who wait on him. Isaiah 30.18 tells us blessed are those who wait on him. Isaiah 49, 23 says, those that wait on me shall not be put to shame. God will not disappoint those who wait on him. And just like Simeon, we may never see the final results. We may never be healed on this earth. We may never see things made right. But we have seen Jesus. He has come and he has overcome, and we can rest in him, and we can trust in him as we wait. 
This baby in Simeon's arms was able to bring all that we ever longed for or needed. And even when we can't see that clearly, it's true. And this passage is really about him. And so I want us to see three things about this baby before we go today. And we'll move quickly. The first thing that I want you to see in verse 25 is Simeon says that he is the consolation of Israel. The word consolation can be defined as comfort, security, solace, compassion, relief, help. We console a crying baby or a hurting friend. And this baby Jesus wasn't what the Jewish people were looking for, and it wasn't what they expected, but it was exactly what they needed. What they were expecting was political deliverance, a ruler to overthrow Rome, or they were looking for a second Moses or an Elijah. It's not what they wanted, but it was what they were needing. And what they needed was they needed to be restored to the Lord. They needed to be drawn back to him. They needed to see that in him all things are good. They needed to come back to God for everything, to trust him in all things. And it's not just their greatest need, but it's our greatest need as well. And only in Jesus do we find that restoration. And we may think our greatest need is some kind of physical health or financial stability or family reunion, or we may think we need many other things, but what we really need is we need to be restored to the Father. We need to be able to find everything we need in Him. The comfort that we crave, in Him. The security that we're looking for in relationships and money, is found in his presence and in his promises. The peace that we lack comes only from resting in him. The love that we so desperately need is found in this baby, in the arms of this old man in the temple. Now hear me, I'm not saying that God doesn't want to heal. He certainly can and he does heal. I'm not saying that God doesn't want to provide for you. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is the great provider. He can and does provide for us. And he wants to restore your relationships and he wants to restore your homes and he wants to restore your families. But first and foremost, he wants us to meet this baby face to face. Jesus has come to lead us into fellowship with God and apart from that, anything else is just a band-aid. It's not what we need. What we need is him. What we need is to be restored in our relationship with the Father. And Jesus, this baby, is our consolation. The second thing we see about him, we see in verses 30 through 32. And here Simeon says that he's the savior of the world. Listen to these verses. It says, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. For the first time we hear words like this, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. This is new. This is new information. Mary's song and Zechariah's song have both been about Jewish-focused things. The angels broadened the viewpoint a little bit by proclaiming peace on earth 
and goodwill to men. But here, Simeon throws the doors wide open to the entire world. And Jesus came to shine a light of revelation to every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. This is God's love poured out on all of us. All of us. It's for you and it's for me. The kids just a few moments ago recited John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his own son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came for us. Jew and Gentile, rich, poor, young, old, black, white, American, non-American, all people are included in his coming. And he didn't come for just a small group. He came for the whole world. He came for all those who would believe. That means that there's hope. That means there's hope for me and you. And I don't know where you stand in your relationship with the Lord, but it doesn't matter because today there's hope in the love of Jesus Christ. And there's hope for our community and there's hope for our world and there's hope for all men because he is the salvation of the world. Maybe you feel separated from God today and you're in this place and just out of tradition or habit, you're here and you feel separated from God. Simeon says he came for you and you may feel rejected or forgotten, depressed, discouraged, whatever it is. But we can have faith because Jesus came for all of us. Maybe there's sin in your life and it's holding you back this year. And as you sit in this place, you think there's no way he could love me. There's no way I can overcome this sin in my life. There's no way that I can know him like you're talking about knowing this love. And I say to you, he has come as a light to you to shine light on your sin, to reveal it, and ultimately to forgive it. He has come for you in this place today. Simeon says this Jewish boy didn't just come for the Jews. And in fact, he would grow. And throughout his life, we see these things. He, he met a Samaritan woman at the well and he forgave her. And he met a Roman centurion and he said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. He met a Syrophoenician woman and he healed her daughter because of her great faith. And when he was crucified, it was a Roman centurion who said, surely this is the son of God. In all of this, Simeon is telling us something crucial. By sending his son to the, to the earth, God's not only fulfilling his promises to the nation of Israel, but he's also bringing to the world a savior for all men everywhere. And this is great news. This is great news for you and for me. But there's a third thing that we need to see about this baby. And it's found in verses 33 through 35. And it says this. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And the sword will pierce through your own soul also so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. The final thing that we see here that Simeon says about this baby 
is that he says he's the constellation. He's all that we've ever needed. He's the savior of the world. He's come for all of us. But here's the truth, folks. He's a dividing line. We either follow him and trust him and believe in him or we don't. And he is the dividing line that we have to stand by. Simeon says there, he is for the rise and fall of many. Many will speak of him and against him and hidden, their hidden thoughts will be revealed. How we respond to Jesus, this baby will reveal our hearts. And with Jesus, there's no neutrality. No one can come face to face with Jesus Christ and go away the same. Either we draw closer to him or we pull further away because he is the great dividing line. Every time we encounter him, he changes us. That's what Simeon means when he says the rising and falling of many. There's no middle ground. There's no fence to sit on. This baby, Jesus, would grow up and he would preach things like this. No one is good enough to go to heaven. Only by me. Only by Jesus. He's the only way. And he would demand complete lordship from those who would follow him. And not many of us like that. We like to control our own lives. We like to control our own ways. He came because more than political freedom or power or comfort, we need him. And many are not satisfied with that. We don't just want him. We want all that he can do for us, but we don't want to give ourselves completely to him. And it's popular, especially here in the United States, to sit on this fence regarding who Jesus is. And we might say he's a good teacher or a good person or a great moral example, so on and so on and so on. And Simeon says, you can't do that. You can't do that. He's a dividing line, the rising and falling. And you have to make up your mind about Jesus. You have to make up your mind what you're going to do with this baby. If you haven't ever really wrestled with that, then it's likely because you haven't really come face to face with him. You haven't really seen him for all that he is. And when we do come face to face with him, when we really do see who Jesus is and we really do see all that he demands of us, it's a challenge for us to turn over our whole lives to him to give up our idols, to lay down our pride, and to follow him. So he's a dividing line. Which side of the line are you on this morning? What is this baby in a manger to you? Is he just some story that comes around once a year? We see in this manger or we see in this temple an old man holding him? Or is he Lord? Is he king of your life? Folks, he can't be anything less. And when Simeon took this baby Jesus in his arms, he said, Lord, I'm ready to go home now. I'm at peace. And none of us are really going to be ready to go home. We're never really going to have this peace until we come to Jesus in full and complete faith. You're not ready. If you haven't seen him, and if you haven't known him, and if you haven't surrendered fully to him and trusted him with 
everything you are and everything you do and every piece of your life, then you're not ready. That's who he asked to be. He's the constellation. He's the answer to all you need. He's the Savior, and he's come for you, and he's come for me. And no matter our situation, he has laid down his life for us. But he's also the divider. And we have to decide what we're going to do with him. This Christmas, will you take an honest look at this baby Jesus? Will you ask the Spirit to reveal to you this Savior, this one who has come for you and for me? In the couple of days ahead, will you ask him to, to look at your heart, to reveal to you what you need to do and how you need to move in him? Will you decide today that you will serve him and that every part of your life will be his? I don't think there's any better day than today on Christmas Eve to say to the Lord, I give you everything. I relinquish my home. I relinquish my life. I relinquish my work. I relinquish my pride. I relinquish my money. I give you my kids. I give you my marriage. I give you everything I am, God. Today in this place, that's what he requires of us. That's what he asks of us. Will you step across that dividing line? And will you accept this baby as Lord and King of your life. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for a chance to look in your word today. And I thank you for an example of a man named Simeon who waited and watched and listened for the Savior. And God, I pray that in the midst of our waiting that you would help us to have faith and trust in you. And I know there's people in this room today that maybe they're hurting. They're in a place they just don't know how they got here. And they're not sure what you're doing. They're not sure of how you're going to bring good out of their current situation. And God, just remind us that you are the consolation, the answer to all things. And your will is that we draw close to you and that we rest in you and that we find all we need in you. And God, I know that there's others in this room today and they don't, they don't see how in the world you can save them. They feel far from you. They have sin in their life that has separated them from you. And God, I thank you that in this passage, you've revealed to us that you are the savior of the world. You wanna shine a light on their lives. You wanna come and you wanna make a difference. You wanna rescue them. And only by your blood are we saved. So God, I pray today that as we see this dividing line drawn by a baby born in a manger, dedicated in a temple, God, we would step across that line and we would surrender our lives fully to you. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you never give up on us. And we thank you that you're here today in this place, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.